back to the Championship Roundtable. I'm your host, Jake Jackman, and you can reach the show by emailing championshiproundtable at gmail.com. Hi, I'm Paul Binning, at the Exiled Robin on Twitter, and a Bristol City follower. Hi, I'm James Evans, Jimmy Evans on Twitter, run with QPR TV, also occasionally involved in QPR podcast as well. Thanks so much for joining us today, guys, on what was the last day of the Championship season. Uh, quite a lot, not as many things going on as, as normally happened on the last day. Most things were sealed up, but we saw Newcastle win the title, which I'm sure I'm going to talk a lot about later. And then uh, Blackburn with a team that went down. So we'll start with you on this one, Paul, because you watched one of the teams that uh, could have went down today in Birmingham. What are your sort of views on that game and, and sort of the whole last day as it happened? Yeah, quite quite an exciting day to be honest for us. I mean, we were, uh, we obviously made ourselves safe last weekend at Brighton, which helped the new helped Newcastle out too. Um, so went into game nothing really on it for us, but yeah, quite an occasion really. We had a, a sellout of our newly built stadium for the first time, the biggest league crowd in 37 years, um, and obviously have a chance to send a localish rivals, not not really one of our main ones, but they're not yeah not million miles away uh, down as well. And I think the Appointment of Harry Redknapp added some spice to it. The certainly the appointment of Steve Cottrell um, as assistant certainly did. Um, and yeah, I think he's got a healthy respect to Ashton Gate. And it was nice to see actually. Ultimately, he, got, he actually did a, a lap of honour, which he never got just before he was sacked, obviously, and uh, got a great reception from City fans. But Birmingham came with a game plan and got to say executed perfectly. They they, they came out at us quite strong and got a goal. I can't remember exactly when it was, but sometime during the first half and really just absolutely shut the game down after that there was a lot of a lot of niggles a lot of time wasting didn't really get forward much they just didn't didn't really let us in and it was a, a i'd say a, a perfectly uh perfect job well done tactically very astute um it was nervous for them i think they were very aware of the scores coming in from around the country and certainly when um i think it was blackburn scored their third and went two goals clear they were very aware that one goal for us was gonna you know send them down and yeah, it was a very, very tense last 10, 15 minutes for them with, a, as you can imagine, a fantastic uh, reception and reaction at the end. Yeah, I guess, I guess a few months ago, looking at this fixture, you would have thought that it would have been uh, you that had the chance to go down on the final day and not Birmingham. So the fact that you got that wrapped up before today was, was very pleasing. Uh, we'll come on more to your season as a whole later, but I just want to ask you about Tammy Abraham because I keep, I know we've talked about him to death on this program, but I keep seeing sort of rumours uh, about him going to Brighton and, and other clubs, Premier mm. League uh, and abroad. What do you think is the next step for him? Do you think he's good enough to make the step up next season? And where would you like to see him play next season? Yeah, I think, I mean, I'd certainly like to see him play in the Premier League, at, yeah, if not abroad. I think he's kind of done the championship now and to perform as he has and score the goals he has for us in the struggling side, albeit an attacking one, um, you know, we create a lot of chances. I've been sort of mooting around the likes of Brighton, Newcastle, you know, whoever goes up in the playoffs, maybe, um, you know, maybe as much as a high as a West Ham or someone like that, West Brom, you know, someone who can uh, take him, give him a season. He obviously needs games. He needs to show what he can do but he's I mean I'll, yeah, I'm sure I'll talk about him later on as well he's, he's come on tremendously I think when we first saw him he was very raw very very raw and I think I said so on his program but we're scoring goals um certainly what we've seen in the last six to eight weeks in our revival and since we were you know really struggling and looking like we're going down he's really led from the front he's become a it sounds a bit of a cliche but he's become a man and led the team from the front he's been he's been the one on the pitch whipping the fans up into noise whipping the players up getting them going and really started to earn his corn more in the sort of battles against the big center halves in terms of holding the ball up and getting them out of the way and yeah really uh really started to learn a lot about the game so i think it's a natural step up i'm sure chelsea want to see what he can do in the premier league i i guess if he was going to go to championship you're probably only looking at sunderland middlesbrough you know arguably you know, maybe lead a Persia, one of the, the bigger clubs, to really take him on if Chelsea think that's worth seeing how he handles a 30,000, 40,000 crowd every week. But, um, yeah, I certainly think the sort of bottom third of the Premier League is probably where he could and should be aiming, and I'm sure where Chelsea want him to go. Yeah, he's definitely his development this season has been good to watch for everybody. I guess it's even better for you where it is at your club. Do you think that him coming to Bristol City and doing so well and you developing as a player has done? So good things for your club because teams like Chelsea and the big clubs in the Premier League will now look at Bristol City as a, as a good club to loan players out for. So even if you don't keep Abraham, you might yeah. get some some good players next season and in years to come. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I think when when he was signed, the the director of I can't remember what the title is officially, director of football or whatever he is, uh, Mark Ash and Lee Johnson both talked about how much work had gone into getting him. And you know, I don't think Chelsea don't shell out a player of his quality easily. They they had to go up and they had to meet the whole staff. They had to make presentations to them about the style of football he wanted to play and what we wanted to achieve and the ambition and the the training, showing the training facilities. And yeah, it's a real probably more robust process than many people truly realise, to be honest. And hopefully having done that once and you know, managed to get Tammy and, and him do what he's done, we'd certainly be a strong favourite for a, a good you know, Chelsea youngster or two next season, certainly. And, and as you say, you know, we can demonstrate a track record of developing a, a very you know, top-class young player to other clubs as well. So, yeah, really hopeful that can lead to that sort of deal. I think... You don't want too many of them, do you? I don't think you want three or four, but one, maybe two a season, as long as you've got a path to replace them would obviously be good. And we've got a big hole to fill next season, assuming he doesn't come back. Um, so it'd be interesting to see who they're already out there looking at and scouting to come in and replace him. Yeah, moving on to you now, James of QPR. Uh, a loss today at Norwich, but you did stay up before the final day. And I guess that there's some positives to take from the season. What was your sort of view on, on the day as a whole today? Well, um, positives. Okay, the positive. Uh, re- the positive is it's over. This season is over. It's been a dreadful season. But uh, before doing this pod, I've been thinking about how, how much do I load the barrels of my gun for <laughs> what to make of this. Um, so yeah, we got we got we did our usual casual Tom King at the end of the season. Uh, where I remember when QPR went down from Premier League, lost 5-1 to Leicester. At that point in time, Leicester had recovered. It was before. It was obviously the season before they won the league. Um, and today we lost. We rolled over and lost 4-0 um, to Norwich City, um, who ha- didn't really have anything to play for, just looking for something to build. Uh, Ian Holloway sort of just said, we have to accept that they're a better team at the moment and uh, take up the chin. They also hung a couple of players out to dry. A couple of the young lads saying they didn't kind of come up to it. And, but then he plays Michael Doughty, a central midfielder who's been on loan at Swindon and done quite decently on left wing. Um, and today was our seventh loss in eight matches. We are incredibly lucky to still be in the division. Uh, Ian Holloway's been in charge of 30 matches and lost 18 of them. Um, and we have no tactics. I went to Bristol City away. I must say, what a lovely ground um, Ashton Gate is now. Yeah. And, and um, it's, it's, it's great, great. and really enjoyed it. And our, our tactic is just boot it to the six foot six guy, Matt Smith. And um, Aidan Flint had him in his pocket all day long. I yeah. am, I'm, yeah. I, I'm, I could explode with rage, but then I realise it's only football and it's fine and it's quite sunny outside today. Um, <laughs> but like, but like, I, I have the, the problem with QPR is we go into this crazy cycle, and Ian Holloway's going, "Oh, don't worry, we'll get it right this this summer." Blah 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 blah. Every season we have a massive clear out, and then it gets to October, November. Normally after we lose a derby, either Fulham or, or typically Brentford, and we sack the manager. If you ask me now, I'd happily accept his resignation. However. I then don't want to see him sacked in November because that's what we've been doing for the last three or four years. We've got to stick with him next year. Um, however, I do not see that the guy is um, that the guy is up to it. We've had two losses of six games in a row in, 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 um, in, in two consecutive spells, um, and he seems he seems completely shot. The, the championship is just a four-four-two league, and he makes us play ridiculous systems um, that don't work. And you know, the only the only kind of bright thing that he's done in his spell really is signing Luke Freeman from Bristol City, ironically. Um, I don't know what he did to not get into your team and um, giving Ryan Manning a chance. Um, other, than, other than that, I'm glad that it's over. I think on Freeman, certainly from our side, I think he was probably never quite found his hole in the side for us, if I'm honest. I think we tried to play him out left quite a lot. He hasn't got the pace to be a winger. Um, but I think from what I saw, certainly when we played... You. I think he seemed to be given a bit more of a central, more involved role, and certainly I think that suits him more. He's a very tricky player, isn't he? Very skillful. Uh, I think a lot. Sorry to see him go, but equally he hadn't really stamped his authority on the team. And I think you know it's it you know eventually just lost a bit of patience with him, and you know felt he should. I think you're right. Felt he should be better than he was for us, probably because he looks more skillful now. He he does look better at times. Yeah, well, he he um, he came through the Arsenal youth system. Uh, um, obviously, I did yeah. a bit of research afterwards, and yeah, he's. He's really, he's really good centrally. I can see that he doesn't 
have the pace maybe to be an out-and-out winger. Although if you can beat a man, you don't necessarily need to have pace. But he's probably one of our most most creative um, mm. players. And is definitely one of the, if not, not the first name on the sheet, on the team sheet, but he's he's not he's not far off of it. Um, and for 300 grand in kind of football these days, it's an absolute bargain, really. So that, yeah. that was certainly a positive. But... Um, but but I got I've got to say um, I'm just glad it's over. If it was a 48 game season, I honestly would say that that we would have gone down. We managed to beat Forest two 0 last week, and we weren't very good in the first half. And we we got that win because they were worse. Um, right, and we were better in the second half. But I mean, I am I am cons- I am concerned for next year. Yeah, we're going to come on to uh, what changes you want to see over the summer. I guess there's probably a few from your perspective. But before we get onto the topics, I'll just talk about my day because I, I, I did enjoy the final day of the season. I didn't expect to win the league and Newcastle did end up lifting the trophy, which is remarkable when you consider, I think with three games to go, we were seven points behind Brighton. So, I mean, I've seen a lot of people talking about Tottenham in the Premier League choking things, which they did not do. They they that That, that is not a choke. What Brighton did is equivalent to choking what should have been quite a straightforward title. They had three matches against teams that they probably should have beat, uh, no disrespect to Bristol City, but that, that at the Amex, they, I think they've only lost once before that season. So I, de- I definitely thought they were going to win that one and that didn't come off. And it, it's been a problem with Chris Hewton's teams uh, throughout his uh, sort of career as a manager where when they don't have anything to play for, their results are do drop off. It happened at Newcastle. Uh, I think it's happened at Birmingham when they got into the playoffs as well. I think it's he does have trouble motivating his players when sort of the pressure is gone, mm-hmm. which is is, is a problem. It's, it's not a huge problem. I mean, <laughs> if they stay up next season uh, quite comfortably and then lose their last six games, I don't think anyone would care. But uh, it did show in this sort of title race, and we did manage to uh, get the job done. We yeah, played very well my, today. I think from my point of view, Jake, from what I saw last week. It, I didn't. I think they just had lost that bit of intensity, a bit like us today. I think. I think it, yeah, they all job done was going up, wasn't it? I think for them maybe a little bit, and they certainly uh, they, they weren't bad against us. They just didn't have that, that extra little bit of desire that they really sort of needed to make a difference. I think uh, one thing I would say is what went down there last Saturday, and there was an awful lot of champions scarves and flags being sold all around the train station last Saturday, uh, lunchtime and afternoon, which I am sure are finding their way to the nearest bin at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I've seen quite a few uh, pictures on Twitter of of, of the scarves and, and various other bits of merchandise. So that is quite funny and sort of. But I, I don't think that was the club, was it? It was more the sort of um, local sellers who tried to make a beat the curve a bit. But yeah, yeah, that that is that is coming up a little bit embarrassing for them. But they, they've done what they needed to do. They have had a great season, and losing the title shouldn't be a big thing. Uh, the game today was on Sky Sports, which sort of shows what the what Sky think of the title in the championship. It's not really that important, but it gives us a little bit more momentum going into the summer, uh, a little bit more than we would have had. Uh, we played well in our last three games. We were, we won quite comfortably today against Barnsley. Could have been more than three. And I think get, once we got promoted, it really freed us because we'd been playing with quite a lot of nerves, a lot of pressure. And, and we've really played some good stuff since. So I, I think that's pleasing. And hopefully next season, where the pressure is going to be off a little bit, where we won't be going into every game as favourites, that should help us a lot. I think over the course of the season, we've probably deserved it. I think a lot of the teams, when they came to uh, Newcastle, and I, th- I think you two uh, might agree with this, is they, they sort of put in a performance better to their standard at that time. It often ups their game, which isn't surprising. It's a big stadium. Uh, QPR came and got a, a point. Um, Bristol City should have pro- should have won at St James Park, I think, yeah. on, on the course of that game. So it, it, we have been playing against teams that do up their intensity against us, and we got and we managed to win the league. So I, I'm only going to be pleased about that. Um, still, a lot of rumours going on about Benitez and his future, but I'm more confident on those. Mike Ashley was at the game today. They're going to sit down and talk about it. I think he's not going to get everything he wants, but he'll get a version of what he wants, and hopefully. You know, we can push on from here. Um, we've had a great season uh, and winning the title really caps it off. It's not the most important thing, but you can, winning the title is great. And the way it was done, Jack Grealish scored, scored a late win, uh, a late equaliser at Villa Park was, was great. And, it, you know, it, it's a great day to be a Newcastle fan. And hopefully we build on this and don't do a classic Newcastle sort of self-harming Rafa, ourselves. Rafa, yeah. loves a, Rafa loves a trophy, doesn't he? He does. He, he, Rafa Benitez gets things done. And I've seen a lot of championship fans on Twitter today saying that we should have done it a lot more easier. We should have done it more easily. We should have. Um, I've seen a lot of talk sport shows talking about how 
Newcastle have failed this season. And it's it's just all stupid. It's so difficult to get out of the championship. Every team is good. Uh, I, I mean, there's only one team in it this season that was sort of propping up the division in Rotherham. Uh, it's, it's very tough, and I think next season I'd be shocked if any of the three teams that came down went straight up automatically. I think any the three teams that miss out in the playoffs are all in good positions. Leeds are getting better and better, and there's always like two or three sides that come up from the bottom half of the season, uh, bottom half of the league, and sort of compete in the next season. So it's going to be difficult, and I think it's going to get harder and harder. So I really hope we don't come back down into this division any time again soon because it is such a difficult division. And, and people saying that we should walk the league uh, don't really know a lot about it. So anyway, we'll move into the topics for today. Um, I just want to ask you each about your season as a whole, any highlights and lowlights going into sort of the summer. We'll start with you on this one, Paul. Um, I guess there's a lot of highlights, but also a lot of lowlights. <laughs> it's been a, it's been a mixed season for Bristol City. And I sure guess it's, has, yeah. it's, it's one where maybe your potential at the start of the season wasn't lived out on. But you're stuck with Lee Johnson. He's turned it around. And there's, there's something to build on for next season, for sure, especially with the stadium renovations and, and things like that. Hopefully you can go on and challenge in the top half of the table next season. So what are your sort of views on the season as a whole? Yeah, you summed up quite well. But uh, yeah, um, so highlights, first three months of the season, the last two months. Um, lowlights, the middle four months. Um, I did see someone remark on Twitter the other day, we basically stayed up having not performed for four months in the middle of a season, which is quite... Yeah, you know, astonishing when you look at it, but it just shows, I guess, how good we were at the start and the end. Um, yeah, it started well, lots of optimism, lots of new signings all look good on, on paper in terms of, uh, you know, the positions we needed. And we had Tammy come in, who's, who made an impression straight away, uh, got off to a decent start, uh, went to, you know, remarkable, when you look at it now, went to Fulham 1-4-0 um, in late September, and all was looking rosy. And then something happened, I'm going to, be writing about this later this week and I need to really pick apart why I think it was but something happened around mid-October early November and it just seemed to completely let the the wheels fall off and whether that was a management issue a player issue a coaching issue who knows it's really tricky to put your finger on what it was but we absolutely fell apart big style from right from November through till the end of January we didn't we didn't win a game I think we won one game sorry um we lost eight in a row at one point um I mean, I've never known an atmosphere quite like it at a club. There was one poll online, and you always take these things with a bit of a pinch of salt, but it had a few hundreds and hundreds of votes, and something like 94% wanted Lee Johnson out, and you don't normally see that level of, um, you know, agreement amongst fans. It was pretty horrible at times. Um, and then just we just started to turn it around. I think we, we started bottoming out a few results. We drew a Sheffield Wednesday and Newcastle in January, February. Um and then really kick-start the end of the season with, again, another remarkable, when you look at it, but fabulous 4-0 home win against Huddersfield. Um, and then we won four in a row at home, uh, started picking up form away, culminating in a you know, win at Brighton. And I did put a start-up last week. I think it says a lot about our season. We've, we look at the top six in the league. We've been 2-0 up at Newcastle. We've won at Brighton. We've beaten Huddersfield and Fulham 4-0. And we've been 2-0 up at Sheffield Wednesday and Reading. So... We've shown we can very, very much compete with the very best in this league. And I think that's the, the hope we hang on to next season. If we can avoid that you know, dreadful loss of confidence, we could really be contenders next year if we, if we build on it in the summer. Yeah, you mentioned Lee Johnson there at one stage. It looked like he, he was going to go and the sort of fans it had got gone off him and thought that he should should leave his post but he's turned it around and I guess you can only praise him for that because it's so difficult to turn around the slide it's probably one of the most difficult things uh, I've seen Alan Pardew try and do it in Newcastle and Palace and you know he struggled and with Johnson he's a young manager he's going to learn on the job and you're going to hope that he's learned a lot from the season and you can push on from here what sort of changes would you like to see over the summer I'm guessing you'd like to see him stay on but do you think uh, there's any positions that you desperately need to strengthen I know striker will probably be one of them if Tammy yeah. does leave so what sort of changes would you like to see your club make over the summer yeah I think on John so I, think I would say credit to him and credit to the owner yeah there's still a lot who would probably not shed too many tears if he went even now because I think you know we saw enough of a bad run in the winter to to be worried but actually they, you know they stuck with him he's been honest and candid and you know throughout this he's not hidden he's not shirked and as you say full credit to him we've got a few key positions goalkeeper we've had three or four even four different goalkeepers this year I think uh, Frankie Fielding's been our kind of Number one, who was then ousted by a couple of new signings who didn't really perform, and he's come back in. And great shot stopper, great shot stopper, but very 
dodgy on commanding in his area and coming for crosses. I think I think we do want a decent, strong commanding goalkeeper. Certainly, as you say, at least one, if not two strikers. I think we probably need two, if I'm honest. Um, depending on how good the you know the first one is. Um, certainly need someone to score some goals. We've got a couple of decent support options out there, but it's about having a, a main man, certainly, because um, Aaron Wilbraham has been with us for a few years, but he's now 37, I think, and has played less and less of a part as the season's gone on. Um, probably want some extra support at fullback. Um, Mark Little's had a very good end of season, but you know is defensively a little bit shaky. We signed Adam Matthews from um, Sunderland, I think, in the summer on loan. But he hasn't played since January, so he'll be going back. So we certainly need some support in at fullback, um, and probably just one, one more, maybe additional sort of creative central midfielder, maybe just someone to dot in around because Lee, Lee Tomlin ultimately hasn't really worked out this year, and I think that's been a surprise to us all and a surprise to many who have seen him in some games. And Lee Tomlin yeah. looks like he never works out. Incidentally, no, I think he had a great loan spell with us at the end of last season. He, he's had a odd game. I, I live in Cardiff and we, we played away at Bears in October when we were flying high. And he was, we lost to Neil Warnock's first match. But the Cardiff fans I know went and said, God, who's that Tom? He's a mate, he's incredible, you know, he's fantastic. And he really was. And then he again had an awful few months. And I think, you know, he's very hot and cold, very, very hot, hot and cold. cold. And I think ultimately we've looked better in the last six weeks without him in the team. And I think we've been a better team, 11 people working for each other and trusting each other and knowing where they're going to be on the pitch and all that sort of boring, but sensible and good stuff has uh, shown up. I think, well, we, we, we can probably do without him, but we need something else in there in terms of a bit of creativity, I think. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Yeah, it's inter- interesting because I think looking at those clubs in, in the bottom eight, if you see what Fulham did this season and Leeds have done and Brighton have done it in seasons past, there's always one team that sort of pushes on from there and, and staying up. And Bristol City does seem to be the team that could do it. They look like they've got a, a good infrastructure, a good stadium, yeah. and, and everything is there. And, and it was sort of a little bit of a shock to see you struggling so much in the middle bit of the season, especially after your start. So there's definitely reason for optimism. And if you take sort of look at the what Fulham have done this season, there's no reason to think that you can't do something similar next season. If you get your summer right, it's, it's all, yeah, agree. It's all yeah. about getting that right. But uh, moving on to you now, James, and QPR, we, we heard a little, a few of your thoughts in your sort of opening. I'm yeah, guessing sorry, there mate. weren't many, <laughs> I guess there weren't many highlights for you and more lowlights. So just, just how have you judged your season as a whole? Uh, any particular highlights you'd like to mention and what changes would you like to see over the summer? It's a tricky one. Uh, it's like, I feel like QPR on repeat. Just an endless cycle of we don't know what we're doing. Literally, you know, the last two November, last two October November, we've sacked our managers. I feel like that could definitely happen again. Um, in terms of highlights and lowlights, well, hilariously, after two games, we were top of the table, uh, which was bizarre. Uh, a, a highlight was certainly winning away at Fulham, where they somehow contrived to miss two penalties, although Smithies did save one, and that was the first time we'd won in the league, won at Craven Cottage since 1980. So that was um, that was absolutely daft. And another highlight was just before the last kind of big international break, we were kind of top of the form table. Um, Connor Washington, uh, who hadn't really got going for Queens Park Rangers, suddenly suddenly started to score goals. Looked like he'd got a bit of a partnership going with Matt Smith, who I had doubts about and still have doubts about. And that was really positive. And then um, the definite lowlights were. I mean, Jimmy, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank feels like a million years ago now. I mean, the football was pretty, pretty dire, but uh, we were kind of consistent in terms of what we were going to do. And and the two highlights were definitely the two kind of 
spells of six consecutive losses. I mean, you know, if obviously added together, that's 12 consecutive losses in a row. I mean, obviously that didn't happen, but that's a hell of a lot of games to just kind of embark on. You know, when you have a little losing streak and a dip of form, one of those is enough to get a manager sacked. But to have two of those in a season um, is absolutely crazy. Um, and I think the kind of overall impact that that has had is that the credit or the credit that Ian Holloway had in the QPR bank with fans uh, and probably the board has certainly been depleted um, because he, he did have a lot. You know, he he got, you know, he, he, we were relegated with him before, but he got us up and obviously he played for us in the team that finished fifth in the first season of the Premier League. But this this seat, it's it's been it has been bizarre. We've played a lot of matches playing um, a five three two or five two three, which then shifts when we when we have when you have the ball into a four three three, and you know this 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 league isn't that sophisticated. That that's not what the championship is about. Um, moving on to what you want to see over the summer. I mean, where do you start? I mean, what 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 do you do? Do you do what QPR have done for the last few seasons and buy a million players? Um, and that doesn't work. Uh, I can honestly tell you that uh, the, the back five, we might lose the best one, our keeper. And then the rest, the back four, I'd get rid of three of them. Um, so it's sort of, we're sort of stuck between a rock and a hard place um, in, terms of, in terms of how and where we move forward, really. Was one of your highlights not the triumphant return of Ravel Morrison? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. apparently he got sent away, like because he stopped turning up and training. Another highlight was uh, Stephen Colker not getting that deal where at Moscow because apparently he was rude to the uh, rude to kind of uh, the, the kind of the, the people that he met at the club, the, the dignitaries of the committee, whoever he met there, and then him and getting arrested at Clapham Junction for uh, for throwing a barrier. Uh, apparently that guy's on 40 grand a week still got a year at QPR um, that's the, you know there's, that's, that's another highlight uh, I, I, I mean I mean you could you could take 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 a look take a look at the package for goal goal of the month for April it really is hilarious uh, it's like literally like the best kind of goals at a five aside um, and so the, you know the one that kind of just didn't get scuffed in effectively uh, so it's, it's, it's hard. It's, it's been a slog, um, and I don't. I, I kind of, I sort of want to take a break from QPR in the summer because they're going to say that they're going to have a really, really thorough preseason. No one's going to work harder than any and than anything before. But we've had that for years, and all that will happen is it will just be it will just be much much of the same. You talk about how the amount of brilliant infrastructure and things that we've still got in place. They kept. With, with um, Lee Johnson and and how vital Rafa is to, to Newcastle the next season. I think he's the most, forget players, he's the key for me going ahead. With QPR, you know, they still haven't progressed on the training ground. They still haven't progressed on moving stadium. I'm, I wouldn't say I'm lost for words because I've got loads to say. But in terms of what's going to happen next, I am utterly clueless. So we'll probably finish 17th next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's been quite a, there's been quite a few highlights for me uh i guess brighton away was quite fun uh winning there and huddersfield away the next week they 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 were sort of billed as our two big games for promotion and we managed to go go to both them and win which was even was made even more impressive by sort of our performances before that because i think the game before brighton was at home to bristol city and, and we didn't play well at all then and we were taking no momentum into those games. Everyone were favouring Brighton over us, and we went there and won and, and ended their good home record. So that was that was fun. Uh, today was very it was fun. I didn't think we were gonna gonna win the title, so that was amazing. It was good to see all the celebrations and see how happy Rafa was because it, you know this isn't a massive achievement in terms of what he's done in his career, but it's still a big achievement. It's it, to take a club straight back up. And to do it with with sort of relative ease as we did, nine points I think separated us from third, which is quite a comfortable uh, cushion in any season. I think we'd have one of the. I think it's only three other championship seasons in the last nine years when we wouldn't have won the league. So it was quite a good quite a good haul, and we we did very well. We we slipped up in stupid games. There was, there was a few poor performances. Blackburn we lost to twice. So seeing their fate today. Sort of, maybe they should have probably been relegated a long time ago if we'd have taken the six points that we should have taken off them. But 
Yeah, it's, it's a hard league. I've got a newfound respect for the league. I will not miss it next season. I hope we won't come back to it. But I, it, it's been fun, and I'm definitely going to uh, look out for a number of the teams. So I've, I've sort of, it, it's been fun. I think uh, now I can say it. Now we've been promoted. I, will, I wouldn't want to extend his stay out of the Premier League but it's been a good season and I've really enjoyed following it as a fan more so than having years gone past in the Premier League uh, hopefully it will get better in the Premier League as well I think we probably need to make a few changes to our squad I don't think our squad's good enough for the Premier League but it's not meant to be at this stage we've got a championship squad to win the championship and we have done that so I have no qualms, qualms giving it up to Rafa and seeing what he does over the summer because I'm sure every he does it's the right decision I, I, I cannot tell him what to do I do not know Half what he does, so I'm, yeah, I'm not going to share any changes. I, we need we need signings, of course we do, and I'm sure we will make them. So Jake, based on what you've seen, your thoughts on your rivals next season? You think Sunderland have got any hope of coming straight back? No, I don't think they do. I think Sunderland, the problem for them is they've got quite a lot, quite a lot of debt. Uh, they won't have the same financial power that Aston Villa mm. and Newcastle had this season. They they will have to sort of put a squad together on a budget. They'll lose quite a lot of the players that they already have. And although Newcastle had a, Newcastle and Aston Villa both had, you know, poor seasons last year and there weren't that many players that were worth keeping, they were still players that are going to do well in this league. Like we got Jack Cole back, you know, he's a solid yeah. player. I don't think Sunderland have many players like that. I think and if they keep David Moyes, the supporters aren't really behind him. They don't have the same sort of good feeling that we had coming into the league. Because although we were relegated, we came in with such optimism about keeping Rafa and the fans with the club. But I don't think that's going to be the case for Sunderland. I think, no. yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be very difficult for them. I, I think I've seen odds today that they're fourteen to one to win the league and fourteen to one to get relegated. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't even. I don't even think Moyes backs Moyes. No. <laughs> I don't think he does. I'm surprised he's going to stay. Uh, he might not yet, but that seems to be the noise that's coming out of what he's been saying and, and sort of the club in general. So, yeah, I, I don't I do think that... sense part of that is seeing what Rafa's done. I think there's if I think you know seeing them, you know, man, I know Rafa didn't really take you guys down. He came in too late to save you, but seeing somebody take him down, but stick with him, reinforce, build again is probably what Moyes is looking at, thinking, you know, I could be a hero here again, and seeing it as his opportunity. But I, I agree. I think it'd be a tough ask. I mean, you. You, Richie and Gale in particular, I know a couple of players you signed in the summer. I mean, that's who Sunderland needs to be looking at, that sort of quality player. And I'm not sure they're going to be quite as uh, interested in joining Sunderland as they probably would have been Newcastle. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree um, with that. And I, I, might I think. Be, sorry, Jake, go on, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, I was just going to say that Middlesbrough as well, if they come down, they, they're going to be better suited to it than Sunderland. And, and if it looks like Hull, it looks like Hull are probably going to be the third team. They're, again, they've, they're, they're pro- they've been in the Championship as well. Those, those yeah. two teams, are, they're going to be a bigger threat than Sunderland, I think. And, and I think it's looking into next season now, a sort of a neutral on the league. I'd say Aston Villa have got a very good chance, I, I think. Bruce with a whole summer. I think they've got a good squad of players with the right additions. They're they're going to be the big threat, I think, that next season. Mm. But it's it's difficult to say at this stage. But yeah, I, I, Sunderland, if if they get things right, there's if they if they do the summer right, they've got a chance. But it's difficult to see them doing that, seeing how they've operated in, in the last few years. It's yeah, it's difficult. But yeah, just move, moving on to the the, the playoffs now. Uh, for this year, we, we've seen them confirmed today. Uh, it's Huddersfield against Sheffield Wednesday and Fulham against Reading. So, two interesting ties. How do you see these ones going? Who do you think is going to come out uh, winning the playoffs? Uh, Sheffield Wednesday for me. I think they've looked strong most of the season. They again had a bit of a dip. Um, Huddersfield. I mean, I think they've made some very strange decisions in the last two or three weeks of their team. I think you. You know, you change 10 players, you lose all momentum. They had another bad defeat today. I think also, like, I, don't, I don't know if they're the first choice keeper. Was it? Was he sent off today? Um, yeah, was, Danny Ward, he is their first choice keeper, yeah. So he'll be suspended for the least, you know, first game or two, which is going to be a huge blow for them, obviously. And I just think, yeah, they're a strange, strange decision to make. I guess Fulham are the ones everyone's looking at, the ones who almost come up through, um, you know, through the league to get there. But even they, I've just, you just, they've been there two or three weeks now and you think, well, is it a bit of mission accomplished? And can they get themselves back up again to, to come through? So, yeah, Sheffield Wednesday for me. I reckon, um, I, I think it's probably between Wednesday or Fulham, actually, just because Wednesday have been there or thereabouts. And they've, they've got a decent squad. Mm. But yeah, if they if they did go up, they'll, 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 obviously they'll need to strengthen as well. But, but Fulham attacking-wise, 
they really they really can turn it on um and uh, reading is they're just so dull aren't they so <laughs> i mean they're, they're like i mean well done fair play to them you know yeah and 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 all and all of the niceties um <laughs> but but you know and i, I would I would have liked to have said Huddersfield, but they just—I totally agree. It's the, they, they've fallen to pieces a bit the last couple of weeks. I don't know what's going on. Um, and you just think with that little bit bit of momentum that Fulham had coming coming in late, and you know, they—they they, I feel like they can turn it on, and they do have not that they have you know recent Premier League history that might might stand them in good stead. But it'd be quite nice to see kind of a big 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 old team like Wednesday go back. Yeah, I agree. I think the thing with Wednesday as well, they've got the experience. They were there last year. They got to the playoff final. Carvajal knows knows what the playoff entails. I, you know, the other three managers haven't had that experience. So that is going to be a massive plus for Wednesday. They did lose today against Fulham, which I guess if they come up in the final, which many people are expecting, that's going to could, could play into Fulham's hands. So I, I think it's one of those two as well. I can't see Reading doing it. I've not really been big on them all season. They've done exceptionally well to get there, uh, to get to third place. But I just think compared to Wednesday and Fulham, they they don't have that sort of extra gear to go through. I, I've seen Newcastle play Wednesday and Fulham uh, twice each this season, and they, they beat. We've lost all four games, so I I think those two teams are are the two teams to beat. I think Huddersfield. Yeah, I'd agree. They've they've ruined it recently with with their team selection and losing their goalie today is quite a big blow. Mm. I think they. I, how many teams have finished in the playoffs with a uh, negative goal difference before? Surely it can't be too many. We we did it. We did it. Minus, well, I think it was minus one. I'm minus plus one. I know we were very close when we got there. Yeah, not many. Yeah, it's not. It's quite strange. So that it's, and, and two two back to back losses as well to Birmingham and Cardiff and, and mm. really not not that what you want to take into it. And, and they were so close to battling for an automatic spot. I think that's what derailed them. Uh, similar to Brighton last year, you know, missing out on that automatic spot. They just can't get themselves back up. It's hard to come back, isn't it, man? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be a, if they don't go up, it's going to be could be their opportunity missed. I think Wagner is not going to be short of offers in Germany or even the Premier League. No, definitely. So yeah, it's, it's just it, it, you know they've got it all to play for now. If they can get it back up somehow and, and get back to what they were a few weeks ago, they've got a chance. But yeah, I'd, I'd agree. Sheffield, Sheffield Wednesday are the ones I'd, I'd slightly favour purely just because of that experience. <laughs> Yeah, just moving on to player watch for for this week before we wrap up the show. Uh, instead of doing uh, the disappointed and sort of best player in our most recent fixture, I thought we'd go over the season as a whole. So, who's been your club's player of the season, and has any player noticeably underperformed uh, from what sort of you expected from them? We'll start with you on this one, Paul. So, I don't think I need to tell anyone our player of the season. Um, Twenty nineteen-year-old, twenty-six goals. Phenomenal leading the line from Tammy Abraham. Um, he's swept the awards today for Supporters Club Player and Young Player, the Senior Supporters Club Player and Young Player, top goal scorer, obviously. So uh, yeah, and he's and he's a. I know it sounds again a bit corny, but he's a, he's a lovely, lovely chap. He's genuinely loved his time down here. He's engaged with the fans. He's always very quick to chat to fans on social media and around the ground. He's done little cheesy things like hugged a ball boy a couple of times after scoring goals and little things he's a really just seems a really nice balanced balanced lad and I really got you know, great hopes he'll be able to push on and, and really achieve something in the game and keep that modesty and that humbleness about him because uh, it's nice to see um, and apart do you think that, he would have been do you think he would have been top scorer if he hadn't been at Bristol like the league's um, top scorer I don't know I mean we one thing we have done all year is create chances I, mean, I know certainly even in January February we we, I think we created something like the third most chances in the league. So he hasn't, you know, he hasn't struggled because we haven't created chances in games. I think he's just, uh, and, and you, you could argue he had no one else to take the burden. So he's done it all. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's very true in that. Match. Yeah. And, and people have said, you know, how are we going to replace him next year? You've got to replace 26 goals. And I thought, well, no, you haven't. You've got to replace probably 10 because someone else would have played 42, 43 games and probably scored. 15 goals, even if they weren't fantastic. So, yeah, the extra 10 goals is what's obviously key and wins us games. But um, in terms of others, I mean, Aiden, Aiden Flynn's had another solid year and he's uh, someone I'd expect to be on the radar of the, you know, the top, you know, the te- bottom end of a Premier League and top end of a Championship and then be interesting to see if we can hold on to him. There's rumours of West Brom interested and he's a, he's just a solid old school defender. He wins everything in the air, scores goals um, and, you know, I could, I could see him being tempting, uh, tempting a few. Underperformers, well, again, it's difficult to tell. If you 
break the season into the start and the end, but no one really underperformed. If you look at them four months in the middle, then pretty much everyone did. I think, for me, probably, although I love him, he's one of our academy products. Joe Bryan at left back, left wing back, left midfield, and he's played he's played all three. He, was, he genuinely, at times, looked good enough as if he could play in the Premier League at left back and, and left wing. And then at other times, just completely off the boil, loses concentration. He's got two good feet. He can score goals. He can whip a good cross in. He's good in the air. He's strong in the tackle. He's got everything. And he just hasn't come on in the way you'd expect him to in this, this year. And I think it's a yeah, if, if Johnson keeps faith with him at left back, which he looks like he's going to, but if he does for next season, I think it's a really, really critical year for him as to whether he's actually going to ever be able to, you know, push on in that way and become a the defender he, he looks like he could be. Yeah, just what, one player I want to quickly ask you about because it's just popped up in my memory is uh, Matt Taylor, the guy you signed from the yeah. Rovers. How's yeah. he been? Because I've not really seen a great deal of him. Do you think he's somebody that could step up and maybe get 10, 10 goals next season? Yeah, well, absolutely. I think, um, I mean, the only award Tammy Abraham didn't win today was our champagne moment of the season. And that was signing Taylor from our biggest rivals on transfer deadline day, which, uh, as you can imagine, went down very well in our half of the city. Um, yeah, he's he snatched at chances when he's got through. And I think, yeah, there's obviously going to be a bit of nerves, I think. He stepped up. I mean, he scored goals at the bottom three, well, three levels below us. He's worked tremendously hard. And I think, again, I wouldn't underestimate the part he's played in us in our revival because he's allowed the likes of Tammy Abraham and, and uh, Jamie Patterson and people to get into space because he works, he harasses the defenders, he runs the line, he, he works his socks off, he really does and he opens up a lot of space for Abraham and, and has done sort of playing alongside him in the last few weeks. So yeah, no doubt at all he could get 12-15 goals. Um, you feel he probably needs a bigger man to play alongside him because he's, he's a bit of a bustler and a short player. Um, so again, I think it just really... We, We've got a guy called Jurich who we signed in January. Looks okay. Um, I'm not sure he's a 20 man, 20 goal a season man. So it really depends who that, I guess, big man is. We sign up front, and Taylor could certainly fit in alongside almost anyone. I think with his work rate, just uh, maybe really useful sort of squad and team player. Yeah, I guess, I guess you can take uh, confidence from the fact that you had a 20 goal a season striker to replace last year in Codger and you managed to do that yeah. so it does yeah. seem that your your scouting sort of network is quite good and i'm sure uh the the chairman or whoever sort of deals with the transfers Lee Johnson have plans and targets to to get in so you should take confidence from that and i'm sure you know <laughs> Abraham for what he's done this season he's going to take a lot from from the experience and that can yeah, be think- it can only benefit your club as well in the long absolutely run. i think the thing with Abraham is we've probably pretty much known since December, January, he's not going to be with us. So we've been able to hopefully be looking around and spending that time as opposed to Codger, who we all suspected, but obviously only sort of eventually went in last week in August. Yeah, just moving on to you now, James, the same question to you. Uh, who was your player of the season for QPR? Uh, and did anyone noticeably underperform from what you expected from them? Um, the player of the season... A couple, with a couple of notable exceptions, kind of, you know, Manning was kind of the surprise of the season, kind of being, you know, basically on, on the verge of being turfed out and and it not happening um, to be given a chance by Oli, one of the best things Oli's done. Uh, but the player of the season, he won all of the kind of player of the year awards, supporters player of the year um, and players player of the year. Um, Alex Mivies, our keeper. Um, there was there was a spell uh, kind of kind of in the early in the season where he, just you know, he'd saved more penalties uh, than he'd faced. He'd saved kind of eight out of ten or seven out of ten. It was remarkable. And I mean, I've, apparently Bournemouth have been looking at him, and I could certainly see him um, possibly leaving. I hope that he doesn't. Uh, he's he's been fantastic. He's kept us in games, even even in the game against Forest. Um, he made a couple of really good saves when Forest gave a bit of reply and. Uh, Ollie today has said that the scoreline would have been worse if it wasn't for for Alex. The only kind of uh, silver lining on that is Matt Ingram, our number two, the former Wickham keeper. He's actually a very, very solid number two. So if we were to lose uh, Alex Smithies, which I wouldn't want to happen, I am confident that the, the, the guys are number two. Um, will we'll actually step up to it. Um, in terms of disappointment, oh, well, um, I would go James Perch, Jake Bidwell. Joel Lynch. So that's basically three of the back four, um, so, which 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 isn't great. Um, Ravel Morrison, 
I mean, weren't accepting, expecting much. Hard to talk about Stephen Colker being disappointing when he barely featured at all. Uh, so you can't be disappointing if you're AWOL. Um, so yeah, there's there's certainly a lot more candidates for who disappointed than than who than who impressed. Um, also, actually, though, in terms of who impressed, um, Pavel Jolek, our Polish right winger that we got that we got from Hellas Verona on loan, and we'd signed. Uh, he really looked. If if he is given if he is given a start properly next season because he's been in and out, I really think he could be he could surprise people. He's just he's not the quickest winger, but he's just very clever on the ball and really puts a shift in, and um, seems seems like a really likable chap. I think he didn't really get into the team that much uh, early days as he was kind of struggling to adapt to, to the kind of culture and living over here. But he um he looks like one to um one to watch one to watch next season. And uh, all of that talk about um, uh, people scoring loads of goals. Our top goal scorer is Silla on 10, uh, a man that has barely played, but actually he's only kind of had 14 starts. But Ian Holloway, uh, I don't think they get on. So I don't know if he'll remain. So I'd love to see someone score 15 goals, 12 goals. 12 goals would be great. Uh, 11, <laughs> 11, 11, 11 would be more. Um, you, know, you know, Ian Holloway has had three clean sheets in 30 matches. So the defence, with the exception of Smithies, and to be honest, Neda Manua, who I'm not a massive fan of, but gets far too much stick. Um, he's a very solid campaigner at this level. But I think that he, you know, he's been there a while. He's probably very expensive and there might be people sniffing around him. So, be, I, I mean, you know, I'm way too old, but um, maybe I'll see if they've got open day trials or something. I, I, I could do a job <laughs> at fullback. I can't, I, can't, I can't throw the ball, though. So that'd be fine, actually. I'd fit right in. <laughs> oh, it's disappointing to hear James Perch. He was so good for Newcastle, but I guess he's getting on. And oh, he's oh, <laughs> just—he is like he's like every time Perch plays, I want to get on. Uh, you know, I want to bet him play and uh, just bet on him getting a red. Like he—he's he, <laughs> a, a walking booking. It is terrible. It's absolutely terrible. You know, he's had a red card, and every game you're like, oh, there, there's there's Perch's yellow. Yep, standard. Um, and I and I had kind of high hopes because a bit of a utility guy could play a few places, but um, he is he is really bad. We really really need to look at the the right back berth. Uh, we've got Darnell Furlong, who are quite a lot of QPR fans because he's the son of Paul Furlong, who's part of the academy, was part of the team that got us promoted. Um, but the jury's out for me on Darnell Furlong. But everybody else seems to rave about him. Maybe I'm just harder to please. But Perch, who should be the first choice right back, um, has I think has looked. No better than Darnell Furlong. For Newcastle, uh, a little bit difficult to pick the player of the year. I'm going to pick someone who wasn't nominated for any of the awards or, or the team of the season just because I think he's been very under sort of praised for his role. I think Matt Ritchie is probably my player of the season for Newcastle. I think he's come in, done exactly what we expected him to do, sort of match the same sort of figures he did got for Bournemouth when they, they got promoted. Uh, and his influence is so much more than goals, assists, chances created uh, and everything that goes with the sort of st- statistical breakdown of performances. I think his leadership and his, his sort of heart on the pitch, it's, it's gone a long way to getting us through some tough moments. And he, his goals are always important. He never scores a fourth goal in, in a route. He always scores a winner or an equaliser. And that sort of shows everything about his mentality and his, his determination. And I think he's going to push on next season in the Premier League and... Although people might have questioned his move last summer, I think over the next two or three years, people will see he made the right right decision to join Newcastle um, and work with Benitez and become a, a big part of where we're going because I think he, he's got the potential to, to be a very good player in the Premier League. And he did all right with Bournemouth last season, but I think he's going to do even better with Newcastle. And I'm excited to see what he does. Kieran Clark is another one that deserves a mention who doesn't who doesn't get the same sort of praise that Shelby and, and Gail get, but he's been a massive part of, of why we've been promoted. Uh, and Paul Dummett as well has been massively improved at left back. So there's there's a few that sort of deserve a mention aside from Shelby and Gale, who who is obviously uh, have done great things as well. Clark uh, scored but... a cracking own goal though against KPR. <laughs> Brilliant own goal. I don't even know how he managed it. <laughs> it, was, it was remarkable. It was a gift. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely was, but uh, based on that first half performance, you probably deserve to get something out of the game. So, uh, and look at and we've won the league now. I can look back and laugh at that. It was it was quite funny at the time. I was not laughing. That's typical QPR, and in a funny way, typical Newcastle as well. 
<laughs> very <result>. much is. <laughs> yeah, it was, it's very typical Newcastle to, to lose a game like that. But uh, for, for the underperforming players, there's not many. Uh, it's difficult to criticise players, but a couple that sort of sort of did a lot worse than I expected them to was Matt Sells, our goalkeeper, who came in from Belgium, started the season as number one, was talked about as the best uh, goalkeeper in the in the Belgian league. Uh, and he, he sort of has the physicality to, to make you think he'll do well in England, but he was just so, yeah, whenever the ball came near him, I was convinced he was going to make, make a mistake. He's, he, he never parried well. He always parried straight out into the middle of his goal. He wasn't commanding and just looked a little bit lost at the time. So, and now I think he's playing for our reserves every week. He's not even our second choice goalie. So I'm sure he will leave in the summer. And it's uh, uh, one of the few transfer mistakes we made uh, during the summer, but he, he'll probably leave. And he's going to live up to he's going to live up to his name. Sorry, I love a pun. <laughs> he definitely will. Hopefully, uh, at least I hope I hope he does because I, I don't want him around next year. But uh, the other one is probably Mitrovic. I thought he was going to come into the championship and get 15 plus goals. I thought he was going to be excellent. I thought he was going to start. I thought he was going to be our striker ahead of Gale, but he's just. Yeah, he's just not worked for one reason or another. I don't think Rafa's completely trusts him. I think he's a he's a bit of a maverick. He, he's still young. He can still progress from here and, and do well next season. But I think he's probably going to leave. I think he's really underperformed and, and not worth keeping on big wages. So they're the couple that underperformed. But with that, we are out of time for this week. So I uh, just want to thank you both for coming on today. Um, and if you want to tell people where they can reach you, now would be a good time. Uh, thanks, Jake. Paul, uh, at, at the Exiled Robin, Bristol City fan, and just want to say good luck for next season, Jake. Uh, James Evans, Jimmy Evans, uh, and WQPR TV, both on Twitter. And yes, likewise, Jake. And um, I, I hope I hope to have a slightly better day next season at Ashton Gate, Paul. <laughs> yeah, cheers, guys, for coming on uh, the, the show this season. I'm going to wish both your clubs the same luck for next season. Hopefully, you can push on and James won't be so upset at what happens next year. <laughs> Hopefully, can't make not... any promises. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't. I can't go around making those promises. But uh, you could get my Twitter at Jake with two ends. Uh, I write for EPL Index and the Boot Room. Uh, also, we're going to have a couple of playoff podcasts coming out later uh, towards the end of this week, previewing each of the semi-finals. So make sure you give them a listen and keep an eye out for them. Uh, so yeah with that I just want to thank you both again for coming on and, and everybody for listening we hope you join us again soon every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss plus with a US based restoration specialist on your team you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.